Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. And then I started to realize that it was almost a guilty realization that I could start writing stories about myself and I could start writing about things that are important to me. And it doesn't have to be because I necessarily want to remember them in 50 years time. It could just be that I wanted to write the story and have beautiful products to play with at the same time. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 174. In this episode, I'm interviewing Renelia Matroni for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Renelia as the June featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how's it going? I am so excited to talk to you today, Renelia, and I would love if you kicked it off a little bit and shared a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, so my name is Renelia. I am from Perth in uh, Australia, and it is, I think, considered to be the most isolated city in the world because it's very far from any other city in Australia and then across all the oceans. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a lovely city. I was born in South Africa and we moved to Australia when I was 10 years old. And so even though I was born in South Africa, I consider myself um, an Aussie and I love where I live. I live uh, in a house with my husband and my uh, very confident four-year-old daughter and our little doggy. Uh, and our dog's called Alfie. And yeah, that's pretty much the basics of my life. <laughs> Uh, confident little daughters are awesome. So, oh yeah, on her first day of school, I'm she was asked. Um, she was. I, I walked up, and the teacher's like, "She's very confident." And I was like, "I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah." <laughs> I'm sure it will serve her well, and I'm sure she's also going to continue to be the star of your scrapbooks. So, oh yes, definitely. <laughs> so, what's exciting you right now in scrapbooking and memory keeping? Right now, I'm really drawn to large full-page full page photos and digital journaling on these large photos. And I am enjoying taking more of a minimalist approach with really striking layouts where you use the products that you have in a very clever way to uh, really promote the photo. That's really what mm. I'm loving at the moment. And all of my uh, favorite creators on Instagram I always love the photo, the layouts that have the big photos and the, yeah, I just, I love that. 
I'm moving away from very cluttered layouts, uh, I find, whereas I used to do a lot of them. But for now, it's all it's becoming all about the minimalist, uh, which I'm not normally mm. a minimalist, so it's a bit strange for me. Sure. Now, I'm curious, mm. how do you get those larger photos printed? Do you print at home? Do you do mail order? Yeah, I print at home. So I, I don't have a 12 by 12 um, printer, but I can print up to A4 size, which is just a little bit smaller than 9 by 12. So what I would often do is if I print <clears throat> an A4 size photo, I would usually put it on a border uh, of like a patent paper, so a 9 by 12 border, so to get to the proper 9 by 12 size. But any size smaller than uh, A4, I can do. So 8.5 by 11 uh, printed home as well. I've never actually ordered those photos uh, to come in, but that's something that I have been considering. It's just very expensive to get it done here in Australia because... Yes, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Because yeah, I do all of my photo printing at home. Very cool. And I love that you've found a workaround to make it nine by 12. And I'm sure it just becomes part of the design of the page too, in a way that you use some of that pattern paper, even though you are being more minimalist. Yeah, exactly. To add that bit of color and fun into it. Yes, yes. Now, kind of the, 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 the bookend to this is a little bit of storytelling. So we love to ask our guests about what is one story or memory on your bucket list? And so this is something that could be really big, it could be really small, but it feels really important to tell and you haven't told it yet. Yeah. So one story that I have wanted to tell for a while, and I haven't told it yet because I want to be in the right mental space for it, um, is a story about mental health and therapy. So I have um, been struggling with mental health for a while now, and I have been seeing a psychologist for about a year. And that has just changed my life. And it's made such a big impact that it's almost, there's almost too much to say about it in a story. But I really do want to tell a story about how therapy has impacted my life and my well-being and how I want, I want, want to also tie it in with how scrapbooking and crafting in itself has helped with my mental health. And this also relates to, like I said, this is a big story, but it also relates to my experience with wholeness. I w- I've wanted to tell a story about mm. what it means to me to feel whole for quite some time because I think when you struggle with mental health, sometimes there's an a part of you that doesn't feel whole. You don't feel complete. So th- those two things really go hand in hand to me. And I remember Ali Edwards released a kit uh, and the title was The Whole Story Kit. And I got it and I put it away immediately because I was terrified of the concept of telling stories oh. about wholeness. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm yet to yeah. tell that story and I'm yet to tell my story about therapy and mental health, but it's definitely on my bucket list and definitely at the top of it. I just have to uh, get there. <laughs> Well, and I think going through this journey, and I've I've had a similar journey myself, that it helps you. I feel like I've had to redefine what wholeness means or look at it from new perspectives because uh, if I'm going to feel that way, I'm going to have to to change my perspective on it and this and and not assume that it's a standard of perfection. Mm. Yes, that's very true. Um, I think that's kind of the one of the things that's putting me off it is that I feel like it has to be this perfect story and yeah 
I'm, I'm procrastinating because I'm scared that it won't be, but I should just do it. I should just set myself a challenge. Like today, you're just going to do it. And if it's not perfect, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to be the most well-written story. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent exactly what you need it to be, but it is just a story that you can tell. Yeah. Well, and the story is ongoing. And so you will probably tell the story again with a new perspective and with new learning and understanding of of what it means to take care of your mental health moving forward. So I think um, just saying all I can do is like tell the story from where I am right now and know mm. that there'll always be another opportunity to to tell it in a new way. Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> I'm encouraged now. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> yay, yay. It's so exciting. <laughs> so this is one of our My Way episodes because you're one of our uh, featured artists at Simple Scrapper. We love kind of peeking behind the scenes and getting to know um, some of the creatives that help inspire the work that we do inside of our membership. Um, right now, we're in our storytelling journey. And so I'd kind of just like to give our listeners a, a teaser about you. Um, and I'm curious, how do you keep track of stories you want to tell? Uh, I use uh, an app on my phone. It's called the Day One app, and it's a journaling app. Mm -hmm. uh, and just because I'm pretty much attached to my phone all the time, so if a story idea comes up, I've got lots of little journals in this app for different types of stories that I want to tell. Uh, and I tend to just jot down sometimes sometimes I'm only, all I do is jot down like two or three dot points or sometimes when I'm feeling really inspired I just write the story uh I have at times just and I use it also just to process a lot of things and if I feel that I would like to tell the story properly I do it in this app and then I maybe turn that into a layout down the track I maybe not but pretty much all of my journaling happens within this app now I do also do some uh, story ideas and story planning in a notebook on a scrap piece of paper. Uh, but that's usually when I am looking at the products sort of in front of me and I'm physically touching them and I'm sort of thinking what kind of stories I want to tell. Then I do some project planning and I don't like to do that on my phone because I just like the idea of writing down little notes and or concept ideas and layouts. So that's kind of when I do more like on paper and then I would put what products I want to use with that piece of paper with my ideas and put that in an envelope. So that's another way I keep track of the stories that I want to tell, but that is when the story is more product driven versus uh, experience driven. Well, and I love that you highlight that, that we often come to our stories from different places and that might end up meaning that we don't necessarily store those ideas or plans in the same place and that everything, it's all okay. We're all, it's all resulting in a memory documented in the end. Um, and I think we can kind of let go of some of the, uh, I don't know, again, the perfectionism of having everything in one place, the more ease we're going to find in our hobbies as well. Yeah, and do do what works for you because I know that yes. because I a lot of my job involves me being on my phone and on social media because I, I run events uh, and, and I like handmade markets. And so I'm often on social media, I'm often on my phone. So if a story comes up, it's just like a natural extension of me at this point in time, which is probably not the best thing, but it is a thing. So uh, it's just easy for me. But if you work in a planner and you've got the planner with you, write down story ideas in your planner, just make do it in the way that would work for you. 
Yes, yes. I've been thinking recently. I don't I don't really have a desire to do memory planning as a creative outlet or something that's finished, but I'd like to better use my calendar just to jot down stories that I know I want to include mm. just as like just a, as a memory jogger, particularly the ones where maybe I didn't take any photos, but I do want to write about it later because those photos yes. will always jog my memory, but the it's those experiences where there was no documentation. Those are the things that I most forget. Yeah, because they're the ones that there's really no way in 10 years' time that you're going to remember that. Uh, yes, I remember yes. my, when my daughter was born, my dad was saying to me, oh, look, you're going to forget so much. And that was just tragic to me when I thought about it because I wanted to remember everything. And so I got into this habit of just writing down every little detail. And it was probably... Uh, a bit over the top, but I actually still so love that I wrote so much about those early early months of mm-hmm. her life because it was very it's really special to me even going back now and reading it. Oh yeah, for sure. I know that I like documented every diaper and everything for like the first three <laughs> weeks and all that too. And I still have that record. It's really cute. <laughs> Today my baby blinked for two seconds longer than normal. Oh my goodness, I need to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> So let's kind of go back in time a little bit. How did you get started scrapbooking and how has your hobby evolved since you began? Yeah, so I I did actually start when my daughter was born. I was always into memory keeping in some way or another. I did scrapbooking when I was in high school uh, very briefly, but I've always taken a lot of photos. I've had planners. I've had just, I print all my photos. I've always wanted to keep those memories safe somewhere and somewhere tactile. Uh, But I really got into it when my daughter was born. She was two months old and I realized I needed to do something with the piles and the piles of photos um, that I have taken. And I didn't want to just leave them digitally because I really like feeling paper and I wanted to print them out. And because I'm creative, I wanted to find something that I could do that's creative whilst also, and I had thought about scrapbooking, but I didn't really think in my mind at that time, scrapbooking scrapbooking was 12 by 12 layouts because that's what I'd done when I was 15 or 14 years old. And it was very much, I didn't think that there was another option. I was looking for it. And because I'm slightly, I'm a somewhat of a contrary person. So I didn't want to just put them in an, in an album, one of those like standard album that you get at the, pharmacy or whatever I wanted to find something that sparked joy and so I started researching it and I landed on Project Life and I did an entire 12 by 12 Project Life album for her first year and it was my first completed album and to this day it's still one of my favorite albums and the irony is I didn't even take many photos of it I do have some on Instagram but I just was so involved in creating these layouts I just loved it and that is really what sparked that passion for memory keeping for me now over time it became more about the story so I started to realize that I was allowed to scrapbook for myself as well as for my family uh, because everything was about my daughter at that stage every story I told was about her or my husband Justin or it was just family focused and it was not really about me and then I started to realize that it was almost a guilty realization that I could start writing stories about myself and I could start writing about things that are important to me. And it doesn't have to be because I necessarily want to remember them in 50 years time. It could just be that 
I wanted to write the story and have beautiful products to play with at the same time. So that's kind of how my hobby has changed over time. It was very much initially like this is going to be my daughter's baby album and I'm going to record her life. And then it's become about recording all of our lives and our collective experiences. Oh, I love that. I love how it kind of turned into even more of a gratitude practice and a celebration of life right now. Because I think that's, to me, that's one of the reasons why we all stick with this because it's, yes, we want to save the memories. Yes, we want to play with the products, but it's, it's what, how it makes us feel and feel connected to the life we're living that I think is, ends up being like the real value. Exactly. And like Brene Brown says, like your story is important. It's part of who you are and it's about self-discovery and understanding who you want to become as well. And recording that somewhere, there's, there's something really special and lovely about that. Oh, and that's, that. I mean, that's another kind of justification and alignment for you to document your own mental health story going to therapy. Yeah. Because like, it's so, I mean, that's the justification or the reasoning that you have um, because w- that's one of the biggest places <laughs> that we discover more about ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I feel like I'm like challenging you a little bit here to like nudging you forward on this project, but maybe it's just because it's so personal to me as well. I'm definitely going to challenge myself. By the time this podcast goes up, I need to have told that story. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I will. You need to email me a link to the Instagram post and I will include it in the show notes. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely do that. (laughs) Yes. All right, let's talk a little bit more about how you're creating these days. So what, you already mentioned a little bit about size and format, but can you explain a little bit more about Mm. how you're typically creating now that you're not doing, you know, traditional 12 by 12 project life? Yes. So I I do still have got, I, I have got an annual 12 by 12 project life album that I do because I do still like the continuous, um, memory keeping element of that like this is my year in a binder so I do still like that but that is more of a a facts type of this is what we did then this is what we did this is what we did I don't spend too much time journaling um it's it's really just for this is our family memories moving on uh but in terms of other sizes like if the size exists I've probably done it (laughs) I I have got two six by eight albums that I work in one that's dedicated to my daughter and one that is a family, like that's one that talks about me and our family. I've just started working in the new 10 by 8 size where I tell bigger family stories. And I love that 10 by 8 size because I can print these beautiful large photos. Uh, and oh, like I said, yeah. I, and I, did, I actually did that a lot during my December daily last year where I did these beautiful blowing up photos and I just absolutely love them. Uh, I do have some traveler notebook, traveler's notebooks for some smaller stories, uh, life crafted albums. I have been really enjoying doing nine by 12 layouts, uh, just really whatever the product inspires me to do. It's not so much the story. It's usually the product that dictates what album I'm going to be working in. I am on a uh, design team. So when we get sent products, I have got pretty much free reign of what I want to do. So I sort of let that decide uh, how I go ahead and how I tell the stories and in what size. The only size that kind of scares me is a 12 by 12. I have done exactly three 12 by 12 layouts uh, since I started scrapbooking when my daughter was born. And I really love all of them, but they took a long time because the 
size is daunting to me and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, one thing that I've done in the past is I've made like an eight and a half by 11 or a nine by 12. And if something just kind of feels like not quite finished about it or not quite grounded, I then just slap it on a 12 by 12 pattern paper and call it done. <laughs> and, you know, it seems to somehow <laughs> bring it all that. together. But that could kind of be like a gateway to experimenting is because you do have a smaller canvas, but then it does end up being 12 by 12. So Yeah, exactly. That's actually really good. Or you just do two six by six. I've done six by six layouts. I just do two of them, put them together. Yes, <laughs> Not yes. Not six by six, six by and, 12. Sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a guest recently talk about the six by 12 album as, you know, if you're looking at it as a spread that's a 12 by 12. It just happens to be cut in half. Mm. Um, and so it's just a kind of a different way of looking at it and having an album that's a little bit more compact in the end. Yeah, exactly. But, but I love, I just want to go back to, you know, how you're typically creating and it sounds like you're just having fun and you're playing and you're just loving how you can connect the, the products that are like delighting you with the stories that you want to tell. And I think that's, it just sounds like a really like healthy and happy place to be. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. I, I do, when, when I do create, I definitely do it based on sort of intuitively. I don't really have many rules for myself about I have to create mm -hmm. this amount at this point or I have to do this many layouts in this album. It's very much just like a gut feeling how I feel because I, I want to enjoy creating and I find that if it's too regimented, then it becomes like a job. And I don't want that. I don't want to feel like I'm working and that I have to do it. I want to actually just like love it. So that's why I've got so many different size albums because I just don't know what, what is going to tickle my fancy at any given time. Nice. I love kind of like following your intuition that way. Now, whose products are you completely obsessed with? It's okay to share like what design team you're on, but then who are you also mm -hmm. purchasing from? So the design team that I'm on, team that I'm on actually is – they don't create their own products. It's called Kidaholic Kits here in Australia. And so oh. what they do is they collate uh, new releases and they send a kit out based on items that sort of match new releases that have come out. So they often do American Crafts, like Paige Evans kits that they match them with a mixed media kit or they get, have like stickers that it doesn't come from a Paige Evans collection but it matches the colours. So they kind of... Um, put together this beautiful kit and so it's often based on the colors or patterns and then you can create however you want it's like a giant kit it come you can do so many layouts with it uh so obviously i love that but that's not uh one product that they provide uh i think i in in australia my favorite company has got to be coco vanilla studios Mm -hmm. uh, they are incredible. They release maybe like two or three collections a year and every single one of t one of them, whenever I get my hands on it, I'm so inspired to just create because it's just such beautiful products. Uh, of course, I love Ali Edwards products as well. I feel that when I get products from Ali Edwards, I, I create in a different way to how I would with other products because I, when I – her products are so often – designed to trigger a story that you wouldn't necessarily have thought to tell of, to tell otherwise. And so I love getting those products because then I can tell these stories that I feel inspired to tell because the products are always gorgeous, but they are 
it's also a story that I wasn't necessarily always going to tell. So I do love that. Uh, I love Paige Evans. Uh, everything she comes out with, I absolutely adore. And really anything was rainbow colored. I love. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love if that. There's a rainbow product that comes out. I was like, I need to get it. Like, I I have got my life is very colorful. I have often got rainbow colored hair. I've got colorful tattoos. I wear bright colors. So there's often photos where um, a very beige kit or beige products just will not work with a lot of the photos that I take because I always dress my daughter in the same kind of thing, like very rainbow bright colors. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, I love doing that with my daughter too. So she she doesn't let me dress dress her as much as she used to, but it's definitely fun. <laughs> now, one thing that stood out for me is that just your point about how uh, Allie Edwards' products will often kind of send you in a different direction because it's so not pattern paper focused, whereas... Paige Evans is a good example of the polar opposite of being very pattern paper focused. Um, it's just, it's kind of a different creative experience and it's, you know, both are, are valuable and fun. And I love that we can have different kind of creative flow depending on the products we pick up that day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that I create in sort of two distinct ways. And the first way is create using Ali Edwards products and the other way is to create using the traditional kind of like 12 by 12 papers or like pre papers and embellishment and stuff like that and I have distinct styles based on which products I use like I would never be able to create a layout similar to the ones I create for the design team for example using Ali Edwards products because they're just so different uh, and mm -hmm. they inspire me to do different things so I definitely someone once asked me like what's your scrapbooking style and I was like I've got more than one I definitely don't just stick to the one it'd be interesting to see like how you could pair like more of the traditional supplies on like a left side of a page or, or you know a half of a larger spread and then pair that with like the full page photo more minimalist as, you know, kind of like having a study in contrast, like, okay, we're going to have a focal fe feature here with the photo. And then now we're going to use all the pattern paper and make it busy on the other side. So that'd be fun. Yeah. I actually did a layout like that. That was quite similar where it was a la uh, products that we got in one of these kits. And I it, I, it was one of the first layouts that I posted this year where I took three large six by eight photos of my husband and me and my daughter. And then I did on the opposite side, I did use more of a traditional kind of scrapbooky type of layout yeah. where I was talking about my wishes for the future. So I did do that then where I sort of applied the, say, Ellie Edwards mentality to traditional scrapbooking products, which I quite enjoy. It was Very cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So is there something when you look at your pages, maybe if you don't even have a style, though, like that you use or do on most of your pages, do you have like a signature thing like... Sometimes it's like corner folding or stapling something or a little doodle. Is there is there like something that you always do? So because I have different styles, I was I was actually wondering, I had to look through some of my uh, layouts to see what is one thing that I always do. And one thing I always do is add a date using a date stamp because I feel like it just completes a layout for me. But I think more broadly speaking, I definitely focus on the photo and think about mm -hmm. how I can I can enhance the photo 
by using beautiful products and by journaling in such a way to really complement the photo and the way I've placed the photo on the layout. So I would, I, I, I have never done a layout that is, doesn't have a photo on it because that to me is often a starting point. Even if I'd wanted to tell a story and I was inspired to tell a story using not like not being drawn from the photo, I would always find a matching photo to match that story. If it's, for example, a story about blooming, I would just take a photo in my backyard, a photo of some flowers. But I would always try to match a photo because I think the photo is the thing that draws your eye initially in almost all of my layouts. Well, and I love that. It almost makes this little like triad of how we like assemble things together. Like we have the story, the photo and the products. And sometimes one of those comes first, but we want to kind of complete the picture by picking, you know, what's going to fit together here in a little, you know, harmonious little package. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So when do you typically find the time and energy for scrapbooking? So I imagine with a four-year-old, she keeps you pretty busy. Um, How do you keep it going? I'm actually really uh, lucky in that she has got in where I'm. I, my craft area is set up in our. We've got two living rooms, and my craft area is set up in the front living room, which is right next to her playroom. So I, when I sit down to create, she often would just sit down next to me and do some drawing, or she would just stand by and have a look what I do. So I actually can create and talk to her while I'm creating like quite easily. So she hasn't, she sometimes, she wants to get very involved. She steals my stickers often and uses them. And I'm just like, MLR, you're not allowed to take mommy's stickers. Uh, But so I do get a lot of time to create even with her around. But I find that I'm mostly creatively inspired during the day uh, Mm -hmm. or really late at night. Sometimes it'd be like 10 o'clock and I'd be like, I just have to create this layout now. I have to do it. Yes. And so, but I rarely would think I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to tidy up the kitchen. Then I'm going to go create. I'm not really in a creative mood right then. And there, it usually is during the day, not after I've done a big job. Like I feel like I need to be in a very relaxed state of mind to go and create. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think kind of understanding that about yourself is helpful, particularly if you feel like you're constantly kind of butting heads with yourself like, oh, I should go do this, but I don't feel like it. Well, we have to pay attention to when our energy is highest. And like you, like sometimes, you know, I am already asleep at 10 o'clock and sometimes (laughs) I'm, you know, raring to go and like, we're gonna, we're gonna jump in and do all the things now in the next couple of hours. So... Yes, exactly. And when that strikes, it doesn't matter what time it is, when that creative inspiration strikes, like you take it, you go, you run with it. Yes, yes. (laughs) So do you have any like strategies that you rely on that you use to kind of stay motivated or kind of bring it back? Because I imagine you sometimes have a little bit of an ebb and flow with it. Yes. I mean, I think everyone does. I uh, very much have to be in a very happy mood to create. And sometimes you have to create when you're not necessarily in a happy mood, especially, for example, when you've got the design team work that you need to um, submit. Mm -hmm. So I say to myself, I take it in steps. Uh, When I'm not necessarily feeling it or I'm not in the mood, I take it in steps. And I say, all I need to do right now is find and print the photos and put them in the little envelope and that's it. That's all I need to do. That's the first step. And then after that, it's like, okay, You've printed the photos now. Now you just have to choose the products to go with them. It's very easy. And so taking these little incremental steps 
is something that really helps my brain. And it's not just with scrapbooking that I do this. It's not just with crafting. I do this with everything. When I've got big responsibilities or lots of things to do with work, I have to narrow it down to what that first step is. Because often, once you do that first step, you tell yourself you're just going to do the first thing and then you can take a break. But often when you do that, you're like ready to jump into the next thing and then the next thing. So I definitely take that strategy and I use it pretty much across my, my life. But also, I, in terms of gaining inspiration, I go on Instagram. I watch YouTube videos of my favorite creators. I engage with people who do creative things because then I get inspired to do that as well. So I, and I also know when I get that little bit of guilt when I'm not creating, I don't open Instagram (laughs) because I would feel guilty that I'm not creating, but I try to force myself to look at it because as soon as I feel inspired, I'm like, yep, okay, let's go. And then of course it comes down to things like you just need to schedule it in, like make yourself a time Take yourself out on a date, treat yourself, set up your space, clean your space nicely, make a coffee, light a candle, and just do it. And so getting that space ready for yourself and getting like as if it's an appointment you have to keep, that helps me as well. Oh, I love it. You shared so many different tips in that one <laughs> little thing there of of how you can stay motivated from um you know, the, just the setting up the space and, and finding a comforting environment, recognizing your own ebb and flow, as we talked about before with the, the energy question, um, you know, seeking out the insp- inspiration when you know you're ready to act on it. And then also kind of tricking yourself into getting started by making it as easy as possible. So I love that. I love you have this whole like little toolbox of strategies. It's yeah. Long time as a serial procrastinator, <laughs> I've had to yes. keep this up over a very long period of time. I, I was a, a lawyer for 10 years and a lot of the stuff I just had to, and I, like I said, I'm a procrastinator. So a lot of these techniques that I use now for scrapbooking, I used when I was a lawyer to actually get work done. Yes. I, <laughs> I can tell that we are very similar in that regard. So. <laughs> It appears very productive on the outside, but you have to use all the tricks on yes. the inside to uh, make it make it seem that way. Exactly. So is there anything that you've tried out inside of scrapbooking, whether it's a supply or a technique, a size? You already mentioned 12 by 12, but that's not in your comfort zone. But something you decided is like just not for you. Like, like yay, I tried it, but no, I don't want to do this ever again. Hmm. I think for me, it's those chaotic layouts that have got so much going on, but they work. When I do that, when I try that, it doesn't work for me. I'm, I'm thinking here like mm-hmm. Heidi Swap, where if you look at the type of layout she creates, there's a lot going on. And there's a flow to it that makes sense to me when I look at it. But when I try yes. to replicate that, I just, it just looks overcrowded. It looks messy. It just doesn't look good. And that is just something that my brain has never really switched on in terms of scrapbooking. I've never been able to do that and be happy with the end product. That's why I'm leaning more towards the minimalist type of crafting. 
Whereas I love those layouts. I love looking at them. I, I'm in awe of them. I've just, I, I just can't do it myself. That's not how my brain works. I, I, it doesn't know when to stop. And so it just keeps going and going and going. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot happening here. Yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I've been, I keep going back to the Heidi Swap website because every single person I interview on the podcast is like, oh, yes, I get all the products and I'm doing memory planning and I look at it and everything is so beautiful and so, like, as you said, full, so detailed and layered, but yeah. my brain can't figure out how to do it. Like, it doesn't, it does not translate for me on paper. I once tried to follow a tutorial that she had on YouTube because I was like, if I follow the tutorial, maybe I'll understand how she does it. And I got partway through. I'm just like, oh, this is a, this is a lot. Like my brain is like tips my hat to her because honestly, every layout she does looks amazing. But if I try that, it just looks like I just threw some glue and threw some glitter and threw some photos and then it does not look good. <laughs> Yes, yes. And she's such an expert in layering stamps, too. And yes. my brain doesn't always, like, see that. Yes, me either. How, how do you, like, <laughs> how do you construct that? So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Definitely some envy there that we share. <laughs> mm. So how, um, how do you stay organized? Uh, do you have any particular, like, tips or solutions that have really worked well for you? So I'm a very messy scrapper uh if i am in the zone when i'm creating there is paper everywhere including the floor including i've got a little coffee table behind me it's everywhere like i have a very chaotic scrapper which is funny because i was just talking about like minimal minim, minimalist layouts but everything around me is a bit insanely cluttered so the best way that i know to organize and kind of deal with all of that is by making sure that everything has a place mm -hmm. every I know where my scissors need to go I know where my I don't know glue needs to go I know where my cutting machine sheets go I know where my papers go like everything has a place and so even with all of the chaos around me once I am finished I can tidy up fairly quickly because everything has a spot and so for that I think the best thing is to have storage, some drawers. I've got some uh, – I got off Amazon actually just some acrylic drawers that sit on my desk and I use those for a lot of products. I've got stamp or oh, ink uh, caddies. So I've got storage around me and everything has got its place so that at least I know that when I get kind of crazy and when I'm in this creative bubble – that when I'm out of it, I can tidy up quickly and leave my space in relative peace. Nice. Yes. I think that that idea of having a home for things uh, works all over our houses and spaces and workplaces um, mm. because, you know, you can it, it goes somewhere else. It doesn't live here in the middle of the desk or on the floor or wherever. So. Yeah, if it doesn't have a home, then find it at a home. And it doesn't have to be a practical home because it can always change down the track. It just, if it has yes. a home, then you don't have to think about it. And it clears your mind for other things when it comes to. Yeah. And you know, you know, also when you can't find it where it is, like, yes, <laughs> you know where to find it again, even if it doesn't make any sense. Like, we keep our thermometer in the cabinet where the drinking glasses are because 
most of the time when I need a thermometer, <laughs> it's because somebody's probably not feeling well and probably needs a drink anyway. But that's the place that I always can find it is if it's just tucked to the side of that cabinet. <laughs> that's very sound logic. I uh, have my scissors. <laughs> I just plonk them on this shelf in, right in front of my face. And there's no reason why they should go there because I literally put them there one time when I first decided to set up my space. And now that's where they live. Yes. That's just where they are. Like all my scissors are in this, just this random bit of shelf. Perfect. Well, it's yeah. their home. So I love it. <laughs> so where would you like your scrapbooking to be in 10 years? So I've been really drawn to digital scrapbooking that mm-hmm. has got pretty much the whole process is done digitally in terms of photo and journaling. And then when it's printed out, embellished with products. And I would love to be able to grow that and find more creative ways to do that, almost to make layouts look a bit like magazine pages where it's sort of an editorial or an editorial type of layout where it just looks very neat and punchy and the title is like striking, but it's not overwhelming. And that is something that I would really love to do. And I think as scrapbooking is heading in a very digital direction, there's so many amazing digital products so and a lot of support in terms of using Facebook, um, not Facebook, sorry. Uh, there's a lot of support in terms of using Photoshop or in terms of YouTube videos online to help with digital scrapbooking. So that's something that I would love to get a better grasp on and it's not something that I'm 100% there yet. So it's definitely on my uh, to-learn list. Awesome. I love that. I think that the more that you can kind of develop those skills, the more flexibility you have. And I've had so many guests on the podcast talk about just um, d- difficulty in particularly those who who don't live in the U.S. Getting things shipped, the cost of shipping is just so incredible. Mm. Um, digital provides a little bit more flexibility to... Um, try new things and be more selective with the products that you do purchase. Absolutely. And also because currently in COVID times and with the shipping delays and everything, it's taking so long for products to get here. I just got uh, products that I ordered from the US that was shipped in December. So four months ago. So it is, it, it, it takes a long time for physical products to get here. Uh, as well and so sometimes when they are first released you get really excited but by the time they get here you're just you're like oh I've everyone else is created using this already and you sort of like lose yes kind of so doing digital scrapbooking really helps with that and I've done that a lot uh actually last year I did four or five layouts which I've never done digital layouts but I did four or five layouts where I just used digital products uh, and I love them. And I really, really want to do more of that. Oh, that sounds fun. I was thinking just yesterday about how maybe I need to try more of that Heidi Swap style, digital or digital and hybrid, uh, to be able to kind of play with the layered stamping and um, get more of that full look, but have the control to undo and move around <laughs> that you have with digital. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then when I, I think if you do that, you're going to gain a confidence around it. And so you would even then be able to probably translate that into doing that physically because you are used to doing it digitally then. 
Yes. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, digital is kind of experimentation and training for for design in, in any kind of scrapbooking. Yeah. So if you had to kind of step back and think about your your journey since your daughter was born um, in in this community, what has being a scrapbooker taught you? Definitely that I should own my own story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I used to only write happy stories, and I used to only share layouts that had happy stories. And over the course of the last four years now, I realized that it's okay to write the stories that is not always sunshine and happiness, it's, but it's honest and it's authentic and it's truthful. And the whole process from start to finish can be so cathartic. And some stories are incredibly hard to tell and that that is okay. And I've never had the experience where I share a vulnerable story on Instagram or on any social media and I've had negative comments on that. I, people are always so kind and so supportive when you tell these heart-wrenching stories because yes, yes. they're real. They could feel that they're, that they're real. And I do actually have um, a Storyline Chapters album that I don't share with anyone. Uh, those are very, very story, vulnerable stories that are just for me. But it's still part of the process and it's good to get that out and owning that. It's just amazing. Um, and like I said, there's some stories that I still would love to share in the future. I'm not quite like I, I'm and I'm not talking necessarily here about the mental health stories. There's other stories as mm-hmm. well that I would love to share, but I'm just not there yet. And and that's okay. And taking your time to process that. But being a scrapbooker, it, it's it's not about perfection. If you want it perfection, you, you you want a bit of chaos. You want a bit of messiness. And yeah, if you own your story and all of that, it, it becomes a really beautiful thing that only you can create. Well, and, and also kind of feeling the uh, autonomy or just the, the security and knowing you get to choose what gets shared outside of your own space. Um, even if you do have a social media presence and you are sharing regularly, you don't have to share everything. Um, you, that's You have that power. And so that can be empowering to know that, you know, you do, can own your story and you do have choices with what you put out there. Yeah. And sometimes what I like doing is even if it's a hard story to tell or, and I, I can't quite tell it, I give myself little hints in the stories that I do share. And mm. reading back at that, it gives me a bit of a chuckle. So it becomes almost like a nice thing with time. Cause then I look back at these stories and I'm like, huh, I don't know what I was meaning when I said that particular sentence, like I was talking about this, but no one knew. <laughs> um, so it kind of, it, it becomes a bit of a mystery that I, I, I just, I like that. That's something that turns a bad into the good, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I think there's, yeah, there's lots of um, different ways to incorporate part of the story. And like we were talking about before, knowing that eventually you'll probably revisit it and tell more of it when you feel more comfortable. And um, I think that's what makes our album so interesting to look at over time is because you can see the little threads between between stories, how they evolved and how our own kind of security in our story has shifted. So, Absolutely. That is so well said. 
Thank you so much. This has been a delightful <laughs> conversation. Uh, can you share where we can find you online and anything you have new or coming up in 2022? Absolutely. So I have got, I pretty much just share on Instagram. I do have a YouTube account that I don't use very often, but I really should um, use it more. And that's one of my challenges for myself this year is to upload more videos. Uh, and But my Instagram is renelia.creative, all lowercase. Uh, and in on that Instagram, it actually links to my YouTube channel as well, which is quite inactive, but will hopefully be up and running very soon. And Sounds in good. terms, yeah, in terms of what I've got coming up, I I just want to keep creating what makes me feel happy. And after this conversation, I now know that what I have coming up is a story <laughs> about therapy. <laughs> Yes. So, so there's that. Um, but yeah, I just want to keep doing what I do and just create layouts that I love doing. Oh, I love it. I think that's such a, a wonderful place to be. And I think where we should all be focusing is, are we having fun? Are we really getting what we need out of this? And to recognize that's going to shift over time, every year that might feel a little bit different. Sometimes it's more playful. Sometimes it's longer stories. Sometimes it's maybe turning to the computer and relying on our technology to help us. There's so, so many ways to tell your, score, your story. And as we always say, you have permission to scrapbook your way. Thank you so much, Renelia. Thank you so much for having me. If you've been curious about membership, it's a great time to check it out. Our next finishing day event is coming up soon on Saturday, June 11th, 2022. This is a full day devoted to camaraderie and accountability towards checking off a project on your list. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join us.